it's coach tori and this is raising runners we talk running fitness mental health and so many more topics as the founder of a youth running program i approach all of our conversations with our youth athletes in mind and kind of have a focus around those things but as you will see we are finding that all of these topics relate to runners and people who like to move and do fitness or anything like that um, relates to everybody check it out All right, so welcome back, everybody. It is me, Coach Tori, and I realized as a mental health and running podcast, we don't have that many episodes about mental health and running like explicitly. I feel like I go in one direction or the other direction or a different direction. So I decided to recruit some experts. So if everybody can welcome Darlene Taylor, I say everybody as if there's like the audience actually present, but hi, Darlene, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. Well, Thanks thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> thank you for being here. And I really appreciate, you know, anybody who is willing to give their time when I know, you know, you're super busy, but I'm now looking at your like short bio. I can't even say short your bio of all the things <laughs> that you are, do all that stuff. So before I butcher it, can you just kind of introduce yourself to everybody? Um, I, I never know where to start with these I know. things. Um, the worst question. I guess. Yeah. It's so hard. Um, <laughs> I guess I, I am a clinical social worker, well, was a clinical social worker for about 15, 20 years. Um, and I've kind of pivoted into life coaching at this point, but, um, but yeah, so I have a mental health background. Um, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm doing coaching, life coaching, and I, I use the strengths perspective. I use the, the Clifton, Clifton Strength Finder assessment as sort of the cornerstone of my coaching. And I really like to focus on helping people be the best version of themselves and really learning to lean into their strengths. And instead of focusing on trying to fix what's wrong with them, but trying to, but instead focusing on how to um, really build up what's right with them and use all of the things that the ways that we're naturally wired to become the best versions of ourselves. And so, um, so that's kind of what my focus has been. I recently wrote a book um, on co-parenting. And so part of my coaching business now is sort of um, looking at how to co-parent um, using your strengths and how to co-parent after divorce and, and uh, try to do that in a way that's, that's really healthy for your kids. So um, that's my, I guess, professional background. Um, and then my personal background is I've been an athlete my whole life. I ran track in college. Um, I was a sprinter. So I was kind of um, allergic to endurance events <laughs> as, as a lot of sprinters are. Um, but, uh, but I have grown to, to appreciate and love running the longer distances. Um, and so now as I'm, you know, many, many years out of college, I have um, kind of turned into an obstacle course athlete. And so I do OCR races, Spartans and Tough Mudders and things like that. And those have become sort of my, um, uh, my passion in tennis. So that's kind of me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't know you did obstacle course racing. It's always like in the back of my mind is like, is that something I would want to do? It what is. made you want to, you just were like, this seems like a fun idea. Um, I, like I said, I, I, um, I was a sprinter. And so, um, you know, I, I, I love, love running. I love competing. Um, but I'm also a personal trainer. I didn't, I didn't include that. So I'm a personal trainer and a nutrition <laughs> coach. And so, um, I like to lift heavy things. I like to, you know, that the strength part of it. And, um, when I lived in Cincinnati, I recently moved to LA from Cincinnati. And when I lived in Cincinnati, um, one of my very best friends is an avid runner has been a marathoner 
her whole life. And she was always trying to get me to run with her. And I'm like, no, I'm not running five. I am not even running a 5k. No, 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 I don't want to do it. Um, and so, um, but, and then I was always trying to get her to, to do things to lift with me and go work out with me. And she was like, no. And I was like, let's find something that we can do together. And so I finally got her a little bit in the gym and, uh, and she convinced me to do a couple of 5k's. And so we were like, let's try to find something that we can really do together. And so we started exploring and I'm like, what do you think of an obstacle course race? And so we looked at, you know, the, the, the Spartan sprint, which is three miles and 20 obstacles. And I was like, you know, it's got some running for you. It's got some like doing hard stuff parts for me. I think this would be a really great thing to do. And we drove from Cincinnati to Spartanburg, South Carolina, kind of ironically that that was our first race was in Spartanburg. Um, and we we're at the starting line and we're all like just pumped up. And I looked at her and she looked at me and we knew like, this is going to be our thing. <laughs> and we had like, we had such a good time and it was just, yeah, it's a really, really cool experience. So that, that was at the end of 2018. And so I'm, I don't know, 30 or 35 races in at this point. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so cool. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I need to add that to my list of like more sooner goals, not just like, oh, eventually someday I'll get to it. Right. A hundred percent. All right. So we found each other because, um, my main question really was to have someone explain the ways like endurance sports, I was obviously thinking long distance running, but I think it can generalize to yeah. endurance sports, improve mental health. Cause I think it's one of those things that I know I've talked about it too. Is like, we kind of just know, like you do something healthy. It's good for all of you, including your brain. Um, but then when someone's like, can you explain like why? And you're like, oh, it's just good for you. You know what I mean? I feel like that's like, I get stumped <laughs> on that question. Cause I'm like, oh, I don't right. know. I know it's really good for you. Um, so I'm like, help me out here. Explain why, especially those endurance sports can improve mental health. Um, yes, I call exercise, um, nature's antidepressant. I really, I mean, it, it really does chemically kind of alter your brain. The endorphin, endorphins are released anytime you do you know, exercise, especially endurance exercise. And these are natural mood enhancers. And they're also natural painkillers, ironically. So it's just, it, it improves every part of your health doing this. Um, <laughs> excuse me. And it also, so when you're doing endurance exercise, your body is sort of flooded with these chemicals, with these um, endorphins, and different chemicals, and that works um, in the short term and in the long term to improve your overall mental health. Um, the other thing that it does is really reduces your body stress hormones, mainly cortisol and cortisol is like our, our main stress hormone. And so endurance exercise really reduces that. Um, so that's, that's probably, I think in this day and age with the amount of stress that so many of us are under, um, that's probably the biggest, one of the biggest benefits, um, of endurance exercise is really that reduction of, of the stress hormones. Um, and then on the other piece of it, I think this is sort of the intangibles. It's not, um, you know, you can't really measure it with, with any sort of anything biologically, but it really, I believe like changes the way that you view yourself. It changes your self-confidence. It kind of improves your sense of like self-efficacy. The fact that you can do something, you can do hard things. You can push yourself outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, as a personal trainer, that was one of my favorite things to do working with clients is, is showing them that they can do things that they didn't think that they were able to do because that sort of confidence, um, just, it just spills over to every other area of, of their life. And it's just, you know, that, that, just really builds them up. And, and I think really, really helps improve that, that just their overall mental well-being. So. Yeah. Okay. That is a great explanation. <laughs> of course, you know, you cover kind of all, all areas of it. Um, and so kind of with that, and I know I kind of proposed this question of like, 
you, I'm sure you've seen people talk about like running is therapy or running is their therapy. Um, mm -hmm. But also I wanted to ask you because you're a sprinter and I always wished I was and never was. Um, <laughs> do people who run short distances, like, do you still have that same kind of thought of like using running that way? Or is it more of like a long distance person thing? Do you think? Um, I think so. I think it's, I think in the way that you're thinking about it, I think maybe that's more of a, an endurance thing, a long distance thing. But I think as a sprinter, we do have to do some endurance to help us be better sprinters. So there is that component of our training, but I think it's just sort of that the whole gamut of things that we have to do to train to be a good sprinter. There is some endurance work, but there's some you know strength training that we have to do and all of these other things. And so I think all of that together does really begin to feel like therapy. I really, I, I, I love any kind of exercise as therapy and me being, you know, my friend Janine um, calls me the, the non-runner. <laughs> and so, and I really kind of think of myself like that a little bit, but it's been interesting because as I have incorporated more and more distance running into um, my exercise routine and into the things that I do, I found that runner's high. I have found those spaces and places where it really does feel like therapy where I mean, I, the first day that I like, I woke up and stuff was going on and I'm like, Feel like I need to run, and I was like, "What am I saying?" <laughs> so I texted Janine, and I was like, "I think I need to go for a run." And she's like, "I'm marking this down. <laughs> I'm marking this day down." But it did really begin to feel like, okay, I can, you know, everything slows down. I think, I think for a lot of people, and everything sort of all the noise falls away, and everything kind of clears out, and and whatever's going on, whatever you need to think about, or whatever you need to not think about, just kind of goes away, and you're you just sort of, in in my opinion, kind of reach this this very zen sort of space. And so I think that's that's the way I feel when I when I think about running being my therapy is just being able to let everything go. Yeah. Well, and like, even just with your answer to your last question and kind of explaining like the physiology of it too, like it totally makes sense, like what it's actually doing to our bodies and, and just like, again, our minds and everything. So, um, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And you are, it sounds like kind of like a social runner, right? Like you, yeah. you pick people to run with, um, yeah. like, how do you think the social component helps or like do people who run on their own? Do you think like that changes things? Um, I know I didn't say I was going to ask you this, but <laughs> That's okay. Um, no, I do. I think there's a huge social social component. And I don't necessarily think for everyone. Um, I do, you know, I have a, a lot of friends who are, are runners and I think some of them prefer to run alone. And, you know, I think that's sort of their therapy time to get away from the world and get away from everything. But a lot of them really run um, and, and do really appreciate that social component. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of bonding in the running community. I'm sure you know that you're an avid runner. So there's a lot of, a lot of bonding there. And I think that, um, that that's a huge, you know, for me, um, I really like the social connection of, of being pushed, you know, people helping you kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone. And, you know, whether not even just, um, you know, kind of that physical, physically, you know, Janine, like I said, my friend Janine is a, is a great runner. And so I'm trying to keep up with her, you know? Um, and so there's, there's that sort of competition piece of it, but I also just think the camaraderie of it, the, you know, being able to, to run with others, I think there's a huge, um, social component of that and and moving like I said I, I recently moved to California from Ohio and that was one of the things that I searched for when I was trying to find you know find community is is you know and that was Janine's suggestion she's like what about a running group and I was like you know what like as much as I don't really love running that's probably a really good place to start and it was it was I met some really great people doing that so I think that that there are a lot of benefits from it yeah, I know. It is like, I'm anyone who knows me knows I'm like obsessed with 
the running community, whether it's like actually meeting in person, those running groups, or just like being able to find runners kind of in any, any place, you know, online or whatever. Um, so I feel like we always kind of find each other, which is nice. Yes, Um, it is nice. (laughs) Yeah. So with the people you work with, especially like the life coaching, I feel like you may have kind of said this when you were introducing yourself, at least, do you often, um, maybe often is the wrong word, but do you suggest like if people who are not active, who come to you to kind of seek help on different ends of things, um, I am like butchering this question because I'm like trying to find it in the air, right. As you can see me using my hands. Um, <laughs> but do you, do you suggest like some kind of physical activity, um, like, movement? like does that always, ha- you know, pretty much for anybody that's going to help them? A hundred percent. That is like, like I said, I'm a personal trainer. And one of the things, one of the reasons that I wanted to shift away from being, being a therapist is because I wanted to be able to um, really rope in all of my different areas of expertise, because I really think when you talk about working with people, you really need to have a more holistic approach. And our mental health is very much connected to what we do with our bodies physically, what we put in our bodies, how we move our bodies or don't move our bodies, how much sleep we're getting. All of those things are affected and all those things affect our mental health and vice versa. So that is definitely part of any plan. I tell everybody in the world, probably one of the best things that you can do is get up and get outside and walk for 30 minutes every day doesn't have to be fast. You don't have to be sweat. like just that the base thing that does when we're talking about that stress hormone cortisol lowers your cortisol level immediately. Um, and so I tell everybody, you know, as much as you can, it's great to do it first thing in the morning, but anytime, if you can get 20 minutes, even if you can't, you know, the longer, the better, but if you've got 20 minutes to, to just get outside and walk, that is one of the best things that you can do. But I definitely think moving your body is a, should be a part of anyone's, um, kind of mental health, uh, um, package, I guess, or whatever you do, you know, mental health regimen. Sorry. I'm kind of losing my words today. today <laughs> I too. probably took them but, over here, right? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a huge part of it is, you know, I always tell people, you know, move your body, drink your water, get your sleep. Those are three, you know, if, if you don't even know where to start, those are three things that you can start. Walk for 20 minutes, make sure you're getting close to eight hours of sleep and drink your water. And, you know, those, I think those are just really, really important things to do. So yeah, moving is is a huge piece of, I think, mental health. The flip side of that though, is being too reliant on exercise and running as your only way to cope with stress. That's, that's the, that's the downside. And I don't know if we were going to talk about that, but that's, <laughs> that's the, that's the side. And that's the, and I say that, I guess it came up because that's the part that I struggle with mm-hmm. because if you're someone who really uses exercise or running as your main go-to stress reliever, if something's going wrong, I'm going for, you know, whatever. Um, if you get injured, that's gone. And now you're dealing with another huge stressor in your life and no way at all to deal with it. You have, if that, that can't be your only stress reliever. And that happened to me. I was, you know, like I said, I was very, very active and um, exercise was, was my, my, my only stress relief really. And then I ruptured my Achilles and I was non-weight bearing for 12 weeks. I couldn't do anything. And it was really, really rough. And that was when I realized, okay, I need to, I need to have another coping mechanism. (laughs) You can't just rely on, on exercise and running as a coping mechanism, because there will be times that that's not available to you. Um, And so that's the, that's the part where, um, you know, balance is really important. Yeah. Well, it's like, you're reading my mind. Cause I was just looking at my notes and I was like, yes, we need to get to, unfortunately, like the negative side too. Right. Um, 
And how, I mean, I don't know if it's like, it just kind of is personality wise or what it is, but like, how do we, how do we get there? Because I like, I totally get what you're saying. And I, I have seen people who their only coping strategy is I go for a run or, you know, they really embrace that. Like running is therapy. I don't need a therapist when it's like, oh, but maybe yeah. you might. Right. But then but it's maybe, like, yeah. <laughs> right. And it's like, yes, you need that balance. But then it's like, also, okay. You want to train for a marathon. It's also hard mm. to have that balance for however many months you're training. So how do we kind of right. get to that point where like, oh, we've gone too far. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think that that can happen too. You know, every, all good thing, you know, everything, can, every good thing can be a bad thing in excess. I mean, anything in excess, I think yeah. is, is a problem um, or can't, I shouldn't say is completely, but can be a problem. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think um, that's a really good question. I think balance is, is something that I have struggled with in my life. So I think it's kind of a hard question for me to answer too. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, especially because when you feel like something is, you know, such a good coping mechanism for you um, and it's really worked for you, it's hard to feel like you need anything else. Um, but I think, you know, going through my injury was the thing that helped me realize, okay, I can't rely solely on this on this thing. And so I had to kind of look around and say, okay, what other ways, what other things am I doing to take care of myself? And frankly, when you're talking about exercise, specifically when you're talking about running, um, it's, it's hard on your body, hard on your joints. And especially I'm, you know, getting up there in years, I'm once you pass 40, <laughs> your body starts doing some different things <laughs> and your body's not necessarily so happy with you running miles and miles and miles. And so that's the other piece of it too, is you really have to start to listen to your body and listen to what you need. And okay, yes, I do need a coping mechanism, but maybe I need to be able to balance this with, you know, maybe walking instead of running or just, you know, doing something else, you know, as you said, therapy is, there's, there's nothing really that kind of gets, can replace actual therapy. <laughs> so, and I, that as a, as a, you know, as a therapist, I believe that everyone um, should have access to and, and should be able to take advantage of, of therapy. I think it's just a wonderful tool for everyone to have um, at some point in their lives or, or all the time. Um, but yeah, so I don't know that I really necessarily answered that question, but I just think it's important to figure out, you know, what else, what else brings you joy? What else brings you peace? What else brings, you know, what else can kind of quiet the the storm that's going on in your head and be able to, as much as you may love running or endurance or working out, be able to balance that and not only use, not only go to that as your main coping mechanism and use other things before you're in a place where you don't have a choice and you have to find something else. That's what I was just going to ask you, like, is there a way to know before you're forced to right? like before you right. rupture your Achilles or before, you know, you have complete burnout or something like, I guess maybe just a fail safe is like, you always have to have some other elements of yourself, right? Like, mm -hmm. yes, I'm a runner, but I'm a runner. And I also do yes. something else, yeah. whatever that could right. be. Like, this is how bad I am at this. Cause I can't think of something <laughs> else, but <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, I think you just, just thinking, kind of asking yourself, you know, what else brings me joy? You know, what else brings me peace? Those kinds of things, asking yourself those questions, like you said, before, before you have to, um, and, and maybe just sitting down and thinking about, you know, what would I do if I, if I couldn't run? Um, you know, and, and, you know, are you, if somebody asks you that question, are you gripped with panic? <laughs> you know, if, if you're gripped with panic, that might be a sign that you might need to think about, you know, having some, something else as your coping mechanism. And then also um, making sure that you give yourself days off 
again, with the, with the whole excess of anything can be a problem is just like, you know, making sure when you're training, doing any sort of training, because running is, you know, is training. And so when you're doing any sort of thing like that, making sure that you build in days where you, you don't run. I don't run, you know, I, I don't run two days a week and I, you know, maybe I knit or, you know, whatever, um, yeah. but you're just so that you're doing something else. I think that part will, when you're trying to think about just balancing what's good for your body, oftentimes that can maybe help you figure out how to come up with another coping mechanism and kind of help you balance what's good for your mind too. Yeah, no, that, that is great. Cause I know I always like, remember that I can't say always, I sometimes remember that. And then, you know, I go back and then I'm like, oh no, wait, yeah, I need to have other things I do. And then, you know, so, um, I think that can be really hard for a lot of us to to yeah. do that. And especially when like, you know, you don't have time to like, I'm a runner and I do yoga and I also knit and I, you know, it's like, who has yes. the time to do that on top of like a job and a family and, yeah. you know, like all kinds yes. of stuff. I know I'm all, that's me with yoga. I'm always like, I need to find time for yoga. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to fit it in. <laughs> I know. The amount of times I'm like, I'll just do like my core exercises while I'm watching TV at night. And then it's like, but the couch, you know, <laughs> so comfy. <laughs> right. Like, oh, it is so hard to balance things. It is um, very hard. <laughs> um, I, a little bit about, I want to talk to you a little bit about running, um, because I feel like it's actually been a little bit since I've asked people like my really generic running questions. Um, but I feel like I don't have a lot of sprinters on here either. So, um, <laughs> cause like, I know, especially as like a distance person, we often are like, okay, this was my best race. And you can like replay all of that in your head. And this was my worst mm -hmm. race because I didn't fuel. I didn't have my head in the right place. I, you know, like all those things right. Do you have, well, I know you've done like other things now too. Um, but do you have like race you learned the most worst race ever best race ever like do you have those in your head absolutely I mean I think mine are a little different because they're they're all my OCRs and so I'm, okay. I am doing you know I am running but then they're broken up with the with the uh with the obstacles in between but definitely so I mean I definitely think that probably I would say my some of my best races were the shorter ones. No, that's, it's no surprise, the 5Ks. But um, yeah, I had one where I, I nailed every obstacle, but I, because I don't run competitively, I run them open. So I run them for fun and I kind of run them for, you know, against me, kind of me against me. And yeah. so because I'm not a distance runner, um, I kind of run walk most of them, right? Um, but the shorter ones, I really want to, I, I was wanting to maybe start running those competitively. So I was like, I need to to be able to run this whole thing and in, in, at, a, in a, at a decent pace. And so I've had a few um, races where I have run the whole thing, you know, in between the obstacles and, and felt really good when I was done and really felt like I was, you know, able to kind of dial in and I've learned, um, you know, that, so there's a sprint, which is three miles and, and 20 obstacles, a super, which is six miles and 25 obstacles and a beast, which is 13.1 miles and 30 obstacles. And so what I have learned for me, um, I probably have learned the most from the beasts because I'm not, I, I, my, my body's not really used to endurance and, and I just, and I don't, probably train nearly as much as I should. So I just kind of show up and I'm like, I'm going to do it. Um, but I've learned a lot about, you know, what my body needs for fuel. And really for me, the mental aspect of it, I know that when I get to about mile six or seven, my mind is done and I want to be done. And if I haven't fueled correctly, and I usually bring food with me on those longer ones. And if I, I know that I have to eat before I feel like I need to eat, because if I get hungry, then it's, it's over and it's bad. Um, and I know that there's this 
point at about mile six or seven where I'm kind of fighting with myself because I just want to be done. I just want to quit. I'm like, I don't, I don't, why am I here? It's hot. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the woods. I don't want to be doing this. I'm probably going up a hill somewhere. I don't even want to do this. Um, but being able to get past that hump. And I think those are the races that I've, I've learned a lot. And I've had a couple of beasts where, um, especially lately, where I, I realized I'm at like mile eight or 10. And I realized that I've never really gotten to that place where I just want to die and quit. I'm like, oh, this is like, okay, like my body's like, okay, we're used to this, we're doing this. And so I've had, I've had a few of those. Um, but yeah, that's the, the kind of the cool thing about those races is because each venue is so different, um, that each race is so different. Some of them are really flat. Some of them are, have a ton of elevation, you know, the weather can be different. And so, you know, you show up and you don't really kind of know what you're getting into. So it's always going to be a different challenge, which I think is one of the things that I like about it. All right, my air conditioner turned on and I thought I had turned the entire system off and here we are. So hopefully it doesn't like make too much noise, but um, that, yeah. And that's why I need to try one of these races because they do sound so cool. Um, do you ever get like psyched out about certain obstacles? Like, I don't know if you know some of the obstacles ahead of time, but are you like, oh no, it's going to be the, yes, um, the thing you got to climb definitely, over and stuff. Yes, there are definitely obstacles that I, um, that I get psyched out about. I think um, I, I pretty much I've done enough races now where I pretty much know they kind of have this sort of standard obstacles at each distance, um, but you don't know what um, what order you're going to find them. And so that's that's what is challenging too, because they you know if they have some of the really really tough ones in your last two or three miles, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm dead. Um, so so yeah, there's definitely getting psyched out about that and, and getting psyched out, you know, sometimes for me, getting psyched out is about, you know, about the distance and about the running, because I do want to, I mean, it's a race, I do want to run, and I do want to be able to do that. And it's, it's, you know, it can get, you know, really quiet in those woods <laughs> running and I'm just like and you know you're trying to push yourself and you're yeah it's just like and I want to run but I also am like I'm trying to conserve my energy because I want to do well on the obstacles too and so it's this this sort of fight of like you know how much energy how do I balance that energy and I'm sure you've probably had that too when you're doing a road race of just like you know how you know don't want to go out too fast or you know whatever all those things so it's 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 a lot of 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 balancing that um, but yeah, my, like I said, my friend Janine that I run with, um, they, she is a person who likes to know what the course is going to be. So she looks at the map and she likes to know exactly, you know, where each, each of the obstacles, I don't want to know. I just want to show up and just have it be a surprise. Um, and so I had to tell her on the course, I'm like, don't tell me when we're halfway. I don't even want to know. Like I just keep going because I know I have to get to the end. So it doesn't even matter if we're halfway or three quarters of the way. I just want to keep going. And she's like, okay, I need to know. And she's like, nope, I need to know that at this point, I've only got half, you know, we're halfway done and we've only got so much to go. So it's interesting to see the, the way different people approach races and, and approach, uh, you know, these, how tough the, the races are. I was going to say, I love your approach to it. Not only like I was thinking back to when you were saying like, I, you know, I, I run them for me and like against myself, which I think is always so great. And I, you know, we always talk about how, like, that's really how you have to, to think about running, especially Right. Um, but then like, I know I would be like your friend Janine and I would be like, I need to know exactly. But then I also at mile one, I'd be stressing about whatever obstacles at mile 13. And it's like the yeah. amount of energy you're now using, just stressing about that. So like, I, I would like to be the kind of person who's just like, I'll just, I'm, I'm running it. Right. So like, I, yeah. I'll get there when right. I get there. 
yep, I'm here, one foot in front of the other. You know, there's I've I've learned a lot about myself on these courses. I really have, and I've learned a lot about myself on the courses in between the obstacles. I mean, I think you learn something about yourself in the obstacles, but for me, um, I learned the most about myself on the running part, especially in the beast, because there's there's only 30 obstacles, but there's 13 miles. And so that means there's going to be long stretches where there are no obstacles. And I run the races for the obstacles. So that's my challenging part. You know, for Janine, I think the challenge is the obstacles when we get to the obstacles. But, you know, the running that she's just on autopilot. And for me, that's when I really have to like, OK, you can do this. You got this. And I'm kind of like talking myself into like having a runner's mentality. And that's my shift. Um, and so that's where I've, I've really been able. I think I've grown as an OCR athlete because I think that I've become better at being able to to get in the right mindset to run and to really enjoy it. And I have gotten to the point where I really do enjoy um, sometime <laughs> the longer runs. Um, okay. What is the worst obstacle? Just cause now I'm like, so curious about all these obstacle course races. See, that's what's interesting because for me, yeah, that's, what's interesting. I was going to say, because it's really about what is a challenge for you. Um, there's a lot of hanging obstacles like monkey bars and different types of monkey bars that move. And so for people, you know, who don't have a whole lot of upper body strength, that can be a challenge. Um, there, there's a lot of obstacles that are very high. So if you have a fear of heights, that can be, those can be really challenging for people. I have a fear of water. I don't swim and I don't like water and I don't like my head submerged underwater. And there's a dunk wall at every race. And so for me, that's my toughest obstacle. You're there. There's an inflatable wall that's probably probably 18 inches thick and it's I don't know maybe like a foot to two feet in the in this muddy water and you have to go under the muddy water and come up the other side after you sort of traverse two or three hills of rolling mud so you're just a muddy mess and then you get to this dunk wall and you have to go under this dunk wall and never had a panic attack in my life until I did this race and I'm at this dunk wall and I'm like I can't I don't want to quit because that's not an option. I don't want to not do it because that's not an option, but I'm like, I cannot bring myself to go under this wall. Um, and so that's been, so that's my hardest obstacle. Um, but, you know, but for Janine, um, she really has a, she's, she's shorter than I am. And so she's, it, I think her challenge is really the hanging obstacles because she's afraid of like dropping and hurting herself when she, you know, if she doesn't make it across the monkey bars and falling off the monkey bars. So, um, so yeah, I think it's just, it's just, it's different for everyone my heart is still racing from you describing the dunk wall that sounds like an actual nightmare oh my gosh um it absolutely is yeah so how because like i'm picturing myself that i would be the person who's like nope i'm done yeah like actually done never again um how do you get yourself to do it every time like i know you obviously like probably can be like i survived last time but like that doesn't really make it easier does it it doesn't um honestly the this is the thing that I love most about Spartan in particular. That's the most of my races have been Spartan. There are a lot of different companies that do OCRs. Um, it's the community. When we talk about a running community, it is the Spartan community because every, almost every time I have gone under the wall, it's been because someone has held my hand or grabbed me in a hug and pulled me under the wall. People that I've just met at the dunk wall, seeing me have a panic attack, Hold, one of them will go under and hold and grab my hand underneath the wall and Janine will be on this side and they will pull me slash push me under the wall. I mean, literally people 
getting you under the wall, but that's what, that's the cool thing about doing running Spartan is open because you can, people help, people help you. You know, I, I remember being on this, um, a frame. So it's this, this, um, big, huge a frame thing. And it's a cargo net on this a frame and it's very tall. And it's very scary for people who don't like heights. I don't mind heights and I'm climbing up and I was just, it's to, always toward the end. And so I'm going and this woman is at the top and she is shaking like a leaf and she's like I can't she's like I can't go I can't go she didn't want to go back but she didn't want to go over she was almost at the top and and so I kind of sat there and talked talked her over and she's with a, a partner and somebody was, was helping her and we kind of helped her get up over it and she came to find me after the race and was like thank you so much I didn't know what I was going to do I didn't know how I was going to get over it um and I was and to me it was just sort of the paying it forward of all the people who helped me at the dunk wall over time but I've made some really great friends at the dunk wall like, like some 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 really great like Spartan sister friends at the dunk wall um and I did have one race at the end of 2019 um and I was re actually running the race by myself, and, which I don't usually do. I usually run with at least one friend or a group. Um, but I got to the dunk wall and I assumed because at every other dunk wall that I was going to be able to find someone that was going to help me and no one was there to help me. And so I'm standing in this muddy water, staring at this dunk wall, literally crying <laughs> because I don't want to quit and I don't want to not do it, but I don't know how I'm going to get myself under it. And it was my last race of the year. And I'm not really sure how I did it, but I made myself go under it by myself. And that was probably my biggest win <laughs> ever <laughs> on a Spartan course. So, oh my gosh. Wow. That is, I mean, that's so nice too, that like there is such, such great community that you're able to pay it forward to people too, but it's really cool. That's, that's one of the things that, um, that's one of the things I missed most about, uh, when 2020 happened and all of our races got canceled, um, you know, I had, I had a whole, uh, a whole um, schedule lined up for the year of, of races that I planned to do. And, and I missed racing, but I missed the community even more. Like, I think that was the thing I have friends, you know, cause I, I travel to races across the country. So I've got people that I get to see when I go East and, and I just really missed seeing everybody and missed being out on the courses with people and you're just, you know, making friends and it's, it's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds so cool. All right. I'm like almost back into being sold on the idea, but that dunk yeah, wall, you really got to do it. Put some brakes on it for me. I don't know. Um, you yeah, got to do I'm it. Consider it's worth still... it. <laughs> it's worth yeah. it. All right. Do you ever uh, talk to people about, are you, how do you feel? I'm going to ask you a question. Are you, do you run races for the medals? Do you really like getting the medals? Or is it's, that like just a whatever part of the races to you? It's just the whatever part. I mean, there's definitely been races okay. even that like I, you know, they're like, do you want a medal or a hat? And I'm like, I don't want either. Or like, maybe I'll take the hat because it's cold. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Like, I don't, you know, I don't have the, I, I know not people who do, but like, I don't have like the medals hanging on the walls or mm, anything. Okay. I think my son dropped like four of them into like our air conditioner or something. Um. So like, yeah. What are those things called? The vents? Yeah. He dropped a yeah. few in the vents. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah that's so like, me. That's my, you can get me to do any race if the metal's cool enough. <laughs> yeah. I know well, it's like such a thing. And I didn't realize it was such a thing either until I'm like, oh, oh my God, I'm holding these things. I'm like the amount of money they spent on this metal, like this. And it's like, that is the draw, right? Um, yes. I, I do kind of call myself a metal whore a little bit. <laughs> so do you have, you have your medals on some kind of display something, right? Oh yeah. Yep, of course. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and Janine knows it too. She's like trying to get me to do race. She's like, there's a really cool medal. <laughs> like, 
yeah. So yeah, I was, I literally will have to, if it's a really cool medal, I really have to think about it. It's, it's gotta be really, really terrible for me to say no, if the medal's super cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I also don't, I don't race so much. I, I'm trying to get back into like that side of it, but it was kind of always just like, you know, don't have the time, the money, the commitment mm-hmm. to training. So it's like, you know, you're constantly like, I'll train for this. Right. Eh, I won't, I'll, you know, so. Right, right, right. I'm getting back into it, but yeah, um, no medals. Maybe I'll start collecting them again. Um, but I feel like we went through all of my, my questions that I had. Um, but where can people find you for all of the things that you do? And I don't know if we got the name of your book. I just know that you wrote a book. Oh, yes. No, I don't think I said it. Um, so the book is called, it's not about us, a co-parenting survival guide to taking the high road. Um, and it's about co-parenting after divorce in a way that's really healthy for your kids. It's kind of a memoir and kind of also a self-help book. Um, I'm divorced. My daughter's 16, um, now and, uh, Uh, we moved, that was why we moved. We moved um, from Ohio to California about four years ago because her dad, my ex-husband got a job out here and he asked me to move so that we could keep her close to both of us. Um, Even though I was, you know, pretty entrenched in my life and my, my work and my community in Cincinnati. But I thought that, you know, it was best for Sammy, our daughter to have both of us in her life consistently. So we made the move. Um, and uh, yeah, so so the book is really about all the all of the lessons that I learned on our journey of co-parenting and and how we got to a space where you know we co-parent really well and where I would even consider moving across the country. Um, so so yeah, so so that's the book. Um, and my website is darlenetaylor.com, and then that's got you know information about the book. And like I said, I do co-parenting coaching and life coaching and um, speaking engagements and all that good stuff. And so all that information is on the website. And do you have your next race planned in case anybody on here is an obstacle course racer and also is going to be there? Do you have I a race? Do. Of um, course. I do. Yes. <laughs> I actually have not done an obstacle course race yet this year. I haven't raced at all in 2023. So this will be my first, um, my first race weekend actually. Um, so the, um, Spartan has a, a weekend coming up in um, Cincinnati, Ohio, um, June 10th that weekend, um, 9th, 10th, 10th, 11th, I think is, um, and so they, it's, it's actually called a trifecta weekend. So I mentioned the three different distances. Um, so if you do all three of those races in a year, that's called a trifecta. And, um, and so this particular weekend, they actually are offering all three races in one weekend. And so you can do, so they have this, the beast, which is the 13 mile 30 obstacle on Saturday, the super, which is the six mile 25 obstacle on Sunday morning, and then the sprint, which is three miles 20 obstacles on Sunday afternoon. So you get a finisher medal for doing each th- all three of them. And then you actually get another medal that says trifecta weekend finisher if you do all three of the races in the weekend. So that's my goal for that weekend is to do a <laughs> trifecta weekend, even though I haven't raced it all this year. So we'll see how that goes. But, um, but yeah, that's my, that's my goal for this weekend. But yeah, that's, that's June. <laughs> I'll say as soon as you said, there's an extra medal. I was like, Oh, she's doing all of them. I'm so doing it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Good luck. That's the only that thing so... that would, yeah. That's the only thing that would make me do three races. A weekend is I mean, that medal. sounds intense. Wow. It's a little intense. I'm sure you have to take a lot of time to kind of recover after that. Yeah. yeah the recovery is, yeah, the recovery is big. And that was, um, that was my, my, the first year I did trifectas, I didn't do a trifecta weekend. And so, um, I guess, and then we, 2020 was nothing. And so 2021, I think was my first trifecta weekend. 
Um, and that was really interesting to, you know, talking about, you know, being a runner and recovering. I was calling Janine, like, what do I do after Saturday? Cause I was like, I don't know if my body's going to do anything tomorrow. Like I can't imagine <laughs> getting up and, and running more and doing more obstacles. And so she was kind of giving me some tips about what I needed to eat and, you know, and all of those things to yeah. kind of help my body recover. So, um, yeah, the learning curve has been, has been interesting. Um, but it's fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds fun. Okay. Well, good luck on that weekend. Thank, Thank you so you. much for sharing all of your info today. Um, I of really course. loved hearing just like not only all of your tips and expertise, but also just about your, your running and all the cool things that you've done. It's really cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I just, I, I, yeah, I, I love running and, um, I've made, I've made, <laughs> yeah, made my daughter run with me a couple of times. She's done a couple of <laughs> 5Ks with me and she did a, a Spartan, a sprint with me and, you know, kind of kicking and screaming, dragged her to the start line. And right when we were about to finish, she was like, I could do more. Like I could go a little Aww. bit longer. And she complained the whole race, but she's right. like, I could go a little bit longer. And <laughs> so I was it. like, I'm going to turn you into a runner sooner or later, but she's still, yeah. she's not convinced on how great it is. So. Yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen. I just want to thank Darlene again for coming on the podcast. It was so fun talking with her. Her energy is amazing. If you couldn't tell, um, make sure you check out the links in the show notes to be able to find her life coaching business and kind of all things about her. Um, if you are an obstacle course racer, definitely make sure you look for her there. It sounds so fun. I'm hoping I can get into that in the next year or so because it sounds very, very cool. Um, yeah. And again, just thank you so much. I always appreciate when there are people who are willing to take the time to talk with us and really share some important information. Thank you for tuning in make sure you rate, review, subscribe, all the things that you can do for a podcast that you enjoy listening to. Make sure you check out social media, our website, any of those things. If you have questions, comments, interview requests, feel free to email me at marikeerunclub at gmail.com.